Point of view is our thoughts, feelings, opinions about actual issues. Point of view is the angle of considering different things. Point of view is freedom of speech and freedom of thought. Every Thursday from 10 till 12 we express our point of view on Mushtarafen. 5 Four, three, two, one. Ground control to Major Tom. Here is Ricardo, and with me are Tristan and Andre. We are in this rocket right now <laughs> because finally Mustras provided us a rocket we always wanted. Oh, yeah. But you know why? Because today we have a special topic, so we wanted to treat us well for this topic. And Andre, what's the topic? Because you picked it up. Yes, I picked it up and it has been a really interesting topic for me from maybe five or six years ago. This is the space exploration and a lot of people think that space is really vital to us for explore and to know what is around us, find new civilization, find new planet to live on. Like, you know, Earth is already crumbling, so we need to throw it away and go to live on the Mars maybe. And you think that I'm Russian and one of the space empires and I should be like yeah I'm for that but I actually have doubts because we have this ocean around us which is gonna flood the earth at some point I think when the Antarctic will melt and we know only 5% of it 95% are total total mystery for us and it's not only that uh, we could explore maybe some way how we l could live underwater or build something underwater, but also there are these creatures, for example, who live really, really low and they can live in that pressure. They can see in that pressure. They can illuminate their surroundings. Maybe we can research them. And because humanity is not evolving, humanity is going backwards in its evolution devolving yeah because when you reach the peak you <laughs> yeah. can just go down go down yeah mm. and maybe we could learn something from that creatures and maybe we could see in the dark like them or live under big pressure who knows so this is my question and today we're going to speak about this how should we explore the space and pros and cons of it and or should we explore the ocean and then you dear listeners can decide for yourself but not just the ocean just all the earth itself yeah also yeah, world around us yeah because actually we don't know a lot of our surroundings of our world we basically know not even half of it i think <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe maybe there are under us right now under earth some other three guys recording their radio program yeah or maybe they are in space recording the radio program, <laughs> program for with us, special yeah. antennas <laughs> so we are the unlucky one <laughs> yeah oh well we don't know actually yeah and maybe. also we will speak if there is life in other planets yes because who knows yeah because humanity even though we have each other i think humanity feels lonely and they <laughs> want to find somebody else with whom they could speak now we can speak with the cats and dogs for example but they are aliens who don't understand our language and we need to find the ones who do yeah there is this yeah. barrier language <laughs> <laughs> I need to wait for them. Oh, yeah. But, Andre, you are from a space empire. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to the space exploration, like the first ones, Yeah. to give just like a brief history of it. 
just to have the precise points, how it started, when it started, and why it started. Yeah, long uh, ago in the Soviet galaxy far, far away. away. <laughs> Who was the emperor by that time? <laughs> <laughs> I think Nikita Khrushchev. Because we Art are speaking Khrushchev. about 4th October 1957. Uh-huh. So I think it's Khrushchev. Yes, yes. The Soviet Union, USSR, launched Sputnik, which is really famous, the first artificial satellite to orbit Earth. This happened during this period, like, kind of cold period, was it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Between Soviet Union and the United States, uh-huh. known as, of course, the Cold War. And for several years, these two superpowers had been competing to develop missiles called ballistic missiles to carry nuclear weapons between continents. And in the USSR, the rocket designer Sergei Korolev, I think the pronunciation was okay, let's correct me if it's not, have developed a rocket called R-7, which would begin the space race. So the space race was between USSR and United States for the supremacy, yes. because all of them wanted to be the top of the top. So this competition actually came to a head with the launch of Sputnik, Carry atop an R-7 rocket, the Sputnik satellite was able to send out beeps from a radio transmitter. And after reaching space, and after reaching space, <laughs> Sputnik orbited the Earth once every 96 minutes. The radio beeps could be detected on the ground as the satellite passed overhead, so people all around the world knew that it was really in orbit. Realizing that USSR had capabilities to exceed US, that could endanger Americans, I don't know how they could endanger Americans, but, you know, <laughs> Americans. Yeah. The United States grew quite worried. And then, a month later, on November the 3rd, 1957, the Soviets achieved an even more impressive space venture. You know which one is? The dogs flew into space, no? Yes. Yeah. This was Sputnik number 2, the satellite that carried a living creature in it, the dog named Laika. <laughs> so, actually, a dog went to space and we did not. <laughs> yeah, but Laika not yet. died, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Come to on, spoiler! <laughs> Sorry, dear listener, this is the end of story. And another spoiler that we're still alive. Yeah, yeah because we didn't go to space. <laughs> but USSR was, in that field, better than the US, because the US tried to do the same, but they failed two attempts to launch a satellite into space before succeeding with a rocket that went on space in January 31, 1958. So, Russian were ahead. Are you proud of it? Mm, no. <laughs> because, of course, we put a lot of resources into space exploration thing and racing against the United States of America for the supremacy in the space. But it was at the expense of usual people who didn't have normal stuff in their life. And this is actually one of the cons, because these states, which spent a lot of money on space exploration, building spaceships and so on, they sometimes forget valuable things that the usual people need and the usual people in Soviet Union maybe couldn't buy something that was available in Europe. But going back in time, in 1958, US wanted to make a move because Russia was too powerful in the space exploration. So they founded the National Aeronautics and Space Administration called NASA. Now it's more famous for the t-shirts than the space <laughs> exploration, but still. Part of the marketing. Yeah, <laughs> they did it. But the first man to go in space was a Soviet cosmonaut that everybody knows. Yes. 
and it was not a dream of Nar, but Yuri Gagarin. <laughs> not so far. <fun. laughs> <laughs> who made one orbit around Earth on April the 12th, 1961, on a flight that lasted 108 minutes. And a little more than three weeks later, NASA launched the astronaut Alan Shepard into space, not on an orbital flight, but on a suborbital trajectory, which is a flight that goes into space, but does not go all the way around Earth. And so after to continue all this space travel and space improvement, at my eyes, one of the next biggest space travel is the Apollo 8 mission, which took place in uh, December 1968, and it's the first time that a human being see uh, Earthrise. And there is this famous picture now on internet, and I really advise you to see this picture, because it's quite perturbing when we see it, but we uh, understand and discover how Earth is so little in this uh, space without end, and it's a really beautiful picture. And the funny fact is that uh, this picture was uh, taken the day of Christmas. So for me, it's really yeah, funny history fact, but it looked like, you know, a present gift that uh, space exploration offered to us. And uh, it's a yeah, really beautiful picture. And uh, to move after, with uh, I think, the most important space travel that uh, everybody knows, but uh, some people think uh, it was happened in the studio. So we don't speak about that today, but... Uh, in uh, the 21st of July 1969, first men go to the moon and put their foot on the moon with uh, Apollo 11 uh, mission with the astronaut Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. And uh, the third man, I don't remember the name, but <laughs> I think nobody remembers the third <laughs> man that stayed <laughs> in the <laughs> rocket and uh, well, was not able to go on moon, unfortunately for him. And after, it's like, uh, as uh, Ricardo say, it continued to be this kind of race to space improvement with more and more countries involved in it. For example, uh, I can speak a little bit with uh, France, but we develop during this year some uh, launcher area around the world because we have some territory close to the center of the Earth, especially, for example, in uh, Guyana, in uh, South America for France. And uh, other countries take part in it, for example, uh, China, United Kingdom, Japan, or all these countries that have a lot of money and put a lot of money in their research and development uh, laboratory. And uh, I don't know, there are so many things, so it's difficult to make a real uh, classification of it. But maybe another important uh, event is the setting of uh, international uh, Station ship, mm -hmm. which uh, became with uh, time like this uh, space laboratory for people. They go in it for I think six months or one year, and they try to improve some uh, scientist tests which are not able to make on Earth due to this uh, atmosphere and this uh, gravity. And uh, I don't know if you have some other example, guys, but I have. Well, there was an important event in Italy, but I think for all the world, because a few years ago the first woman went to space and was an Italian one, Samantha Cristoforetti. So oh. it took quite a lot, but still we have the first woman and the first man now on space. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, coming back to the Americans on the moon, it's a funny story because there are some people who still don't believe in it. But the funny thing is that Soviet Union actually approved that and said, yes, they were on the moon. But those people who don't believe in it, they say, like, this is the conspiracy and the Soviet Union and the USA had some <laughs> something set up. So the Soviet Union would approve that and the USA would help Soviet Union with something. 
But what's the point? What do you gain from that? I don't know, maybe some money or something else from the USA. <laughs> so strange. Yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, and people were complaining about the uh, waves of the flag. Yeah, a lot of... A oh, there lot is a lot of, you know, this kind of uh, conspiracy video on the internet that explain uh, point by point why it's impossible. On the f- If they flew to the moon once or twice, why didn't they flew after? Because Aha. it costs money, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> And there is no sense, actually, well, but for now. For some people anymore. believe that the Earth is flat. Uh, so... Uh, so Yeah. This is the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it says everything, I think. Imagine if we don't understand the flat earth people and they like, earth is flat and they're trying to say that earth is our home, like our flat. Oh, <laughs> we're like, ah, idiots, such a big earth misunderstanding. <laughs> But uh, actually they don't English believe people. in Australia. <laughs> There are some people that don't believe in Australia. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. They say it's not existent. So poor kangaroos, poor Australian people. <laughs> that's that's actually I was created in cinema studio yeah <laughs> everybody knows that that's actually uh and they speak english yeah. wow <laughs> that's a, actually a con, that. a con for exploring the earth too <laughs> let people <laughs> know that australia is there. <laughs> but speaking about pros and cons i think we can move to yeah it. and we have this article that called 17 top pros and cons, cons of, of space, space exploration and we'll start with cons and we will discuss them and think if it's cons or not yeah like those people who don't believe in because actually while i was reading this i really thought about something because actually you don't know a lot of pros and cons because you cannot think about them yeah and when you realize you say oh you know maybe it's good or maybe oh it's so bad so yeah let's start with the pros and cons the first pros is exploration provides us knowledge about the universe Exploring our solar system has provided us with valuable information. As we explore space, we can discover new mysteries about the universe that can be applied to science and technology at home. Our exploration efforts may help us to discover life outside of our planet one day. We have already discovered new planets like Kepler-22b that may support life in other solar systems. By taking the next step forward into space, we can begin to see uh, what the rest of the universe has waiting for us. This Pro may be not seen right now because we are not that... F- well, it doesn't feel like we are really fast in the exploring space because we had this, like, we flew the man into the space and it seemed like soon we are going to have this teleportation and so on. But this makes me think that, like, these uh, assessments that we may find some other life, it's a little bit maybe fictional for people, not, not too real. Because if life was there, I think it would be seen by us already. Well, we don't know if life is near us. Of course, near us means like a lot of years <laughs> traveling <laughs> or farther. Yes. So maybe it's farther and we don't know. But if there is life on Earth, why cannot be life in another system with another kind of people? Let's say people, but we don't know. <laughs> yeah, that Poland. can live in that ecosystem with that kind of atmosphere. So they have other human body skills. Uh-huh. We mm. cannot know that. We cannot like, assume that we are alone. No, it's, it's just us. Impossible. We have the exclusive. Because space is infinity area and uh, we never see the end of it. And we are not able to say if uh, there is some uh, similar thing, different thing in all this infinity. And uh, it's why it's so important, I think, to try to explore it. Because it's like a challenge that uh, we never succeed to see the end of this challenge. But it's a good 
motivation to continue to improve it and try to discover more and more. And uh, I think it's also in the nature of mankind. We are curious, we want to understand things, we want to discover things, and space exploration is a better challenge for that because it's uh, yeah, a uh, challenge without ending and we can continue to discover and improve it uh, every day for a never-ending time. Yeah, but for me, in this pro, okay, I will agree with it, but I don't like this rhetorics that say, like, we can find another planet, then can support life, and it's like we're giving up on Earth. Like, oh, sorry, <laughs> we need to throw it in the trash and move on. <laughs> These well, rhetorics I actually hate. But we are doing it, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand this point of view. Like, we need another planet for the future generation. Well, yes, I, yes and no. I think, unfortunately, yes, because... Earth is like already too late to be safe if we continue to live as we live now. But in the same time, the fact to say for some people that uh, we need to search a new planet, for me, it doesn't help people to try to preserve Earth. It looks like, uh, okay, if we find a new planet, let's continue to destroy this one. Yeah. And when it's finished, move we'll on. Go there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think uh, it's this idea to find a new planet, it's more an idea spread by, uh, let's say, uh, common people, like uh, yeah, people. But for scientists of space, I don't know they're looking for a new planet to live. Oh, it's a very long process, I think. Need first to reach this planet, after to create some, let's say, laboratory to see if life is able to develop. And I think uh, it will not happen from uh, one day to another like that. Yeah, it may take... 1,000 years, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. I think we won't see this in our lives. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. No, definitely no. Or maybe uh, in a few years we discover the secret recipe to become immortal or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it will be boring. Find it in the space, like, you know, the message in the bottle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this fountain that has this magical water. <laughs> yeah, you know. It gives eternal life. But let's go with the second pro. So, second pro, it allows us to access new mineral resources. That I didn't think about it, I admit it. So, our ability to explore space has led to the innovation of satellite technologies. These satellites have allowed us to locate mineral deposits and fuel searches. They have helped us to communicate with one another more effectively. In the coming days, Elon Musk, the man of the, of the century, <laughs> probably, <laughs> Plans to launch a network of satellites that could broadcast internet access to the entire world. Oh, internet, yeah, it's a great yeah. idea, actually. And space exploration allows us to find these resources and on other planets, asteroids and celestial bodies that benefit us here at home. Yeah, they say like that benefits us here at home. Also, I love the idea of Outernet, but unfortunately, my country didn't provide a frequency for the Outernet. So, yeah, because we may be endangered by this, you know, Sputniks and <laughs> satellites. So, yeah, but again, at the beginning, this pro sounds like this consumerism. And you see yeah. how, for example, seas sometimes remember the I will call it a ecological catastrophe at British Petroleum Station in the sea. There was a fire and a lot of oil went to the sea. And like, we will come to the space and again, trash everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks to be like discoveries from outside. I mean, it's always some stuff that we can't find on Earth that continue to push us to continue to explore space more and more and not to go back or view on the Earth planet. 
for me that continue to push people that want to explore more and more and not try to find solution directly on uh, Earth. And also the horror movie taught us that if you find something in space, <laughs> you can bring death to the Earth. Yeah. <laughs> But let's move to the next pro, and actually this pro I won't argue with, because I really like it. We can locate potential dangers ahead of time. Most of the asteroids in our solar system are located between Mars and Jupiter. Comets are relegated to the fringes of the solar system. As they encounter the pull of gravity, however, their orbits can change. That means an asteroid or comet could find its way towards our planet one day. Effortless space exploration make it possible to locate potentially dangerous asteroids and comets before they would impact the planet, giving us an opportunity to stop a potentially catastrophic chain of events. And this I really like because, yeah, this is the help to save us from the yeah. from the stone that can come from space and just destroy us. Yeah, dinosaurs know something about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they didn't explore yeah. the space. Too bad <laughs> for them. And now they pay the consequences. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine a rocket with a Diplodocus in it. Oh, oh yeah. Be great. With a Velociraptor <laughs> floating. <laughs> Can be good. The new movie's idea. Oh, yeah. Sounds like Bollywood. <laughs> <laughs> and now let's move with the fourth pro. That, to me, it's kind of stupid. I don't really like it. Because space exploration has allowed us to view our planet from a different perspective. The pale blue dot view, for example, shows us that from a universal perspective, we are just one speck. All our hopes, dreams, and wars take place on this one speck. By seeing ourselves as the rest of the universe sees us, we can begin to set aside our differences and work toward a greater good. We are important, but we are not the center of the universe. I don't think this is a good pro for space exploration, <laughs> actually. It's like, in Italy we call it mirror climbing. Well, it sounds like really poetic, like some poet wrote this yeah. uh, pro. And also this, like all our hopes, dreams and wars take place on this one spec. But for every person, his or her hopes, dreams and thoughts are really important. And you can't say like, oh, we can set aside our differences and like set aside everything because you are such a small spec and like start making up with everybody. No, just keep being yourself, keep having the dreams, maybe dream to fly to the space also, and try to solve your differences while still being yourself, not setting aside your... Problems. Yeah, not just because the universe is infinite. Yeah, because yeah. the universe, how the universe sees you, that's actually bad rhetoric, like, ooh, think how universe uh, yeah. sees you. <laughs> I don't know, for me, it can be good, and it's not only this uh, poetic aspect, for me, it's more deep uh, than that, and it makes me think about some uh, stories that I want to tell now. It's a little bit uh, a foot outside this pros and cons, but it's totally linked, mm -hmm. because during the um, 70s, a nun named uh, Sister Marie Jukunda, we work with uh, anger children, wrote a letter to the doctor Ernst Stullinger. At this time, it was uh, the associate director of science at NASA, and he directed some uh, space project. And in this letter, they asked this uh, science director why NASA spends some billion of uh, dollars in this uh, space exploration and space project. Because during the same time, a lot of people and children on Earth are dying by hunger or things like that. And this uh, space director wrote a letter to answer to this um, nun. And this letter is now very famous and NASA published it for public and uh, titled this letter, Why Explore Space? And I really like this letter because it just explained four prompts 
at his eye to explore space. But I never think about some of these uh, problems, and it's uh, really well explained. Of course, it's not a subjective letter, and of course, he say uh, how explore space is amazing. But I think it's important to have it in mind. And for me, this problems, yeah, when we read it, we think about Earth in a little different view. So I will not read all the letter because it's quite long, but you can easily find it on the uh, internet. And I advise you to read it because it's really interesting. And so the four important points that he rise up during this letter is that thanks to space exploration, we can create some uh, space satellite or space engine that are able to make some measure of uh, some land on Earth and so improve the food uh, culture and also improve the place in where we kind of, uh, I don't know, seed this kind of food and this place we need to seed this kind of food. So it's not direct consequence, but it can help to fight against hunger on Earth. And it's also improve international relationship. It's quite strange to say it like that, but it takes, for example, that before space exploration, international relationship was just the fact to make war with violence a lot. And thanks to, not really thanks, but due to space exploration, it transformed this war with violence by more technological war. So that push nation and the state to improve their technological equipment. And it's not also direct consequence, but it can also, at the end, improve life of people. And it take an example of uh, an Apollo mission from United States that uh, was quite a fail. And uh, at the end, the Apollo rocket need to go back on Earth. And the uh, scientists were not able to determine really where the rocket will uh, fall on Earth. And so it was during Cold War, but a lot of uh, Russian boats go to their part of the ocean to be able to keep the rocket if the rocket fails in their land. So he used this example to prove that even if there is this kind of uh, war, countries are able to help each other. I don't know if it's totally true or it's like more uh, you know, subjective because it tells a story. And the two last point, I think we understand it better but space exploration is also a kind of stimulation for technological development because without space exploration, we are not able to have, for example, all these uh, digital maps that we have, all this uh, weather calculate or things like that. It's not necessity stuff, but today is so deep in our mind and in our society that we can't avoid them and uh, it's like compulsory to use them and it also help and improve life of people. And it concludes with this uh, idea that space exploration is also a good thing to generate new scientist knowledge. Because, as I said before, space exploration is like the biggest challenge of humanity. And a lot of people want to take part in this challenge. And we need to understand that all the money involved in it allow also the creation of new scientist equipment that can be used in uh, everyday life. And the fact to see Earth from space for me and for, I think, maybe some other people, allow to think differently. Of course, we will not say, oh, we are such a little in uh, all this big space, so we need to change our, our way of living. But when we saw some picture of it, we realized that, uh, yeah, space is so big. And we realized also that uh, Earth is like an ending territory that we really need to take care of it. And it can change mind because in this letter, this uh, scientist director of uh, NASA also put this uh, picture of Earthrise and says that after this picture, a lot of people 
starting to think differently about ecological issue in the earth because of course it's a bit poetic and maybe uh, not a good rhetoric but they yeah they realize that earth was just this little piece of land in the middle of this big space and we need to preserve it so of course it's not the best prompt to promote space exploration but for me it's remained an important prompt and I prefer this kind of prompts that are maybe less uh, linked with uh, money or I don't know human development but just the fact to realize that uh, we live in that uh, planet and we need to preserve it. Well, Tristan said a lot of our pros. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I would agree with the one that says about the technology that we get from the space exploration. Yes, because a lot of them are coming into our life from the space exploration, but also from the military. Imagine your life without Google Maps. Uh, I would use the paper map. <laughs> 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 which is more problematic, of course, because you don't have your positioning, but still. <laughs> yeah, but I think something more <laughs> important than Google Maps, yeah. <laughs> but yes, and uh, it drives innovation and about generating the knowledge. Uh, I think the connected pro is that space exploration gives creates opportunities for people to get yeah. the job, to work where they want, because NASA has estimated... 18,000 employees and SpaceX, the Elon Musk company, has 7,000 employees. So this is a lot of workplaces. Yeah. And also, we just think that NASA or SpaceX have just astronauts, but no, because behind them there are engineers, rocket designers, and even trainers and nutritionists. Yes. Because to go into space, you have to be like really perfect. You need a perfect yeah. body, a perfect everything. So, yeah, so you need to train process. a lot. Like maybe for years, you need to train before going into the space. And you have like to have this diet, specific diet. So the world behind is really huge. So yeah, they give a lot of job opportunities. And that is really nice. Yeah, because all this money involved in uh, space exploration have this, uh, let's say, direct uh, money back with all the employment created and also all this uh, mediatization of it that creates some uh, amount of money. And there is also a lot of uh, indirect money back that we don't really think about it. But yeah, it's all this improvement created around it and uh, all this, uh, let's say, race to new technology, race to improve equipment or things like that that after we can use you know today world and uh, yeah also we speak about google map but uh, today i don't know for example all our uh, communication or bank account or internet thing are helped by a uh, space uh, satellite for example or space equipment and i think without it it can be difficult it's so deeply you know today's society that uh, I think it's impossible to, you know, go back in this kind of uh, race. We are too much involved in it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, we are too much involved and Tristan started to speak about the money and I think it's time, time to go for the cons. Because the first con is that space exploration is a costly venture. And it's actually one of the biggest arguments of people who are against the space exploration. In 2016, the budget for NASA was $19.3 billion, although that seems small when compared to the total U.S. budget of $3.95 trillion for that year. 
that figure does not need to put in perspective. According to figures released by United Nations, it would only take 30 billion to end world hunger globally each year. If the money funneled to NASA were used to take care of Earth-based needs, the United States could eradicate about 60% of the world's hunger on its own with a simple shift of monetary resources. Yeah, but usually they create hunger, so... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that it's... It may be a con, but this like explanation that they can eradicate hunger all over the earth if they funnel the money not into the space but to the fighting with hunger, it's a little bit short-viewed, something like that, because you're like, yeah, we just need to solve this problem and that's it. It's like... You give money and it's solved. Yeah, no. yeah, like give the man a fish, he will be fed for one day, give the man... Yeah. For example... Uh, a fishing rod, he will be yeah. feed himself forever. For example, speaking about this money issue, like hunger in the world, Canada once was sending a lot of dollars in Africa to help the population to grow, to start back life, to build schools and all this kind of stuff. But later they found out that the people receiving the money, so the government was not helping people, the community, but was buying weapons to fight against the tribes. So all the money went in weapons to fight against all these tribes and so they started to cut down these foundings and say okay we gave you money you had the chance you want to do like this so no so that also can be a problem yeah like, because money is not always solution it's also in a lot of case causes of uh, chaos or violence yeah. and to just think about money it's uh, like a little problem for me because as we said before Space exploration costs a lot, but also brings a lot of stuff that are not money. It's more improvement of technological equipment, and we can't really calculate it by a money number, but we can see the importance of it every day, and I think it's more important to think like that than to just think about uh, money or cost or... Yeah, it's not a good way to analyze it, I think, yeah. or at my eyes. As I say, like, it's not the money, it's how you spend them. Yeah, yeah that's true. So, to moving on with another con, it is a venture that will always have risks. And that is absolutely true. Because humans cannot survive the conditions of space without protection. Even if humans land on Mars, for example, or another planet, protection against the existing condition will be required. There are health issues to consider when the human body is exposed to gravity that is less than what is normal on Earth, including bone loss. Ooh. We know that the radiation in space can be deadly. We have mitigated this risk by exploring through machines and satellites so far, but eventually we will need to send people out in space to see what is there. So it's risky, of course. And someone died also during this exploration, so... Yeah, but this con is also really weak for me because there are a lot of ventures that have the risks. For example, we wouldn't have the airplanes if the people didn't risk their life going up where the temperatures are different, the pressure is different and from where you can fall down and die. So Yeah, also the submarines, for example. Yeah, the submarines, the the ships, everything that Moves. now <laughs> <laughs> even the cars. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, even go out of your cave, I don't know. <laughs> <I mean>, uh, <laughs> life is full of risk, full but of uh, risks, yeah. Yeah. it's also... Even go out from your flat is a risk. Yeah, yeah so I think this... It's a part of it. And for me, yeah, it's not a con, because when you engage yourself in it, you know that there is some risk, and you take this risk because you want to discover it, or I don't know, because you want it, and uh, I mean, uh, if you feel it too risky, just don't do it. <laughs> there is no... <laughs> like when you want to climb mountain for example yeah. everest or k2 
you know that a lot of people die there because it's risk. But still, you do that. So, yeah, totally agree with you guys. Yeah, moving on, maybe the next cons will be stronger. We may not like what we find. Okay, from the title, it's not so strong. (laughs) (laughs) When the Voyagers were sent out into space in 1977, there were golden records placed on the spacecraft to communicate with other life about our own species. Carl Sagan compared the act to throwing a message in a bottle in the ocean. This information may reflect the hope of humanity about life in the universe in general, but these records also provide a map toward our own planet. It would be illogical to assume that every space-faring species is naturally peaceful. Some may wish to come to our planet and exploit our resources. In space, we may even find new microorganisms that are incredibly lethal. Well, it seems like I just read the synopsis to some movie. Yeah. <laughs> Horror movie. Minority Report. <laughs> not the not the con. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think yeah, like, as a, not like common people or people that don't have all this uh, scientist knowledge, it's difficult to really understand all the necessity of it and all the importance of some discoveries. Because for us, in our, let's say, common mind, we... Imagine more, I don't know, discover a new planet, uh, discover alien, or after, uh, I don't know, live in space. And uh, But at the end, uh, it's not so fast discoveries and not so big discoveries. Yeah. So I think it's more yeah, difficult in the mind of common people to really understand. But uh, it's the same for all technological improvement, I think. If we don't have the good knowledge for it, it's yeah difficult to have in mind how it can be important and uh, and the necessity to continue it. And now, maybe one of the biggest cons, which is the creation of a huge amount of junk. Because mm-hmm. we don't, we're not satisfied with the amount of junk we are creating on Earth. <laughs> and no. we have a lot in the oceans, everywhere. So we wanted to improve ourselves and destroy in the space. <laughs> Let's say that, because... Nowadays, NASA is tracking more than 500,000 pieces of space junk that are orbiting our planet. These items will not go away unless we do something about it, so we have to pick them up. From satellites that have chased to operate to drops of coolant left behind by space vehicles, we have created a ring of debris around our planet that could be devastating to future space travelers. And we also have the threat of falling space debris to consider because they just fall down and become meteorites. And it's not such a pleasure thing to experience. No, not at all, I think. Yeah, and also because to deliver internet globally, SpaceX of Elon Musk plans to send up 12,000 small satellites. So there is this risk of trash falling down on us <laughs> and space pollution. This is a big con. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because I also don't understand, like, they know about this problem, but where are the solutions? I think only Elon Musk get uh, this solution of reusing the rockets, the first part of it, reusing, putting it back, taking it back, and then reusing it in other rockets, which lowers the pollution of the Earth. But we need to find, yeah, to find a way to get the space trash back normally and I know that there is this way when they take in some satellite or even one of the space stations and it goes into the ocean. So we're like, yeah, of course. It's like, you know, when you have all this trash in your room and you just put it under the bed. Yeah. For me, it's the same. 
Uh, but we and need to find. Like, and the ocean has just too many problems nowadays. <laughs> yeah, with the whole yeah, stretch. And it's so big. If you see on the internet, there is some, uh, you know, computer-generated image that try to represent it, and uh, some place of Earth are not so much visible from space because there is too many debris in front of this uh, area. And uh, I advise you, for example, to see the movie Gravity by Alfonso Cuaron. It's a movie, of course, but we can have a little idea of the danger of it and how it's so big and how we don't really care because compared to, I don't know, pollution on Earth or ocean, we don't see this pollution directly. So for now, it's just like uh, if you don't see it, it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, for me, it's the most important cons of space exploration and the other cons are not so important for me, but this one, just this one for me, it's a good reason to stop it or maybe make it less important before to continue it, try to improve how we can manage these uh, debris or trashes in space. Yeah, to have like a full view of mm. what we can do, like in the um, healthier way possible. Yeah. And then go. Not just going there and then let's see what happens. Yeah, because also time by time, it will become more and more dangerous to go in space because there is no more space, space. to go <laughs> in space. <laughs> I mean, uh, now, due to this kind of uh, trash orbit, trash circle orbit, it's difficult to find a good way to go out of uh, Earth's atmosphere and go in space from the Earth. So, uh, I don't know, I'm not a specialist of it, but it's quite a worrying topic for me. And now I think we started the... And the list of the important cons, because first three wasn't that great, but fourth is the meaningful one. And the fifth, I think, also. But fifth is also the problem of Earth, not the space exploration, but uh, yeah. the problem of societies uh, here in our, on Earth. Uh, nations could use space exploration to exploit one another. There are currently five treaties which govern how countries operate in outer space. The goal was to make it so that no nation could claim territories in space, which is, I think, United States by the yep. Donald Trump law made <laughs> that would give them an advantage over everyone else. That hasn't stopped countries from exploiting space to give themselves an advantage. Satellites can spy on other nations. They can monitor communications. As we push further into the cosmos, their issues will only increase. A treaty is a good first step, but it cannot be the only solution. We must come together as a planet, not as a group of nations, if we are going to explore the depths of the final frontier one day. Yeah, this, this con is too general for me because the same happens in on the earth people yeah. are spying on each other some nations using other nations for their own benefit mm. so this is more the problem of the society in general not the space yeah. exploration yeah, it's not uh, totally linked with space exploration yeah. and also this one is really important to me because we could be harming our planet to explore others that's what we were talking about during this program. So to reach the stars, we must consume fossil fuels. More than 3.8 million pounds of fuel and propellants was used for the space shuttle program in the United States. The cost for a single load of fuel for the SpaceX Dragon is estimated to be as high as 300,000 per launch. Cannot even imagine how much is it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The first Apollo mission used over 500 thousand gallons of fuel just to get out of the atmosphere so we have come a long way in our goals to reduce reliance on fossil fuels but we must still burn them to go exploring in the space 
that means we are potentially harming our planet in our quest to go see new planets. That brings us again to we're going to find another planet so you can yeah. do whatever you want with the Earth. But yes, yeah, I spoke about this Elon Musk's project to take back the first step of the rockets. I think nowadays the space agencies are trying to move in this area to, of reducing the pollution. But yes, yeah, still the flights are really, really harming the atmosphere here on Earth. And the final con for the space exploration is that we could bring harm to other species. We know how devastating human diseases have been to isolated pockets of humanity. When European colonies came to North America, smallpox killed up to 90% of the local population because they lacked immunity to the disease. It may be exciting to visit new worlds or even meet new species like ourselves, but we must take the disease risk seriously. They could infect us or we could infect them, bring harm to one another. Well, that con is really looking into the future. It sounds like we're yeah. going to find some life. Really optimistic. <laughs> Yeah, it's for me totally linked, you know, with this idea we have of space due to science fiction movie or yeah. things like that. I mean, uh, we can also find disease on Earth, so... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, now we have a proof. Yeah. Yeah, we can easily find disease on Earth. Yeah, and there are these news that scientists find found out a million years old virus stuck in the ice, and everybody like, why? Why are they doing it? Don't melt the ice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this also reminds me of uh, Gerbert Wells' War of the Worlds, how the aliens die in the end. Spoiler alert. <laughs> because they open their scaphanders or spaceships and the bacteria of Earth destroy them. So it's like more science fictional con than... It can something. be a good movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So let's see in the future, but... <laughs> now that we are talking about other species, do you think that there is life outside Earth? Because this is a question that everyone is questioning. Yeah, it's really a really difficult question. Yeah. For me, I, I don't have answer because I think it can, because space is so big that it looks impossible that we are alone. But I think it's also possible that we never see this other form of life because maybe it's like really, really far and uh, we will never be able to meet each other. Yeah, for me, it can be, but I think we will never see it or not as we expect, not uh, like uh, life as we have on Earth or maybe some microorganisms or things like that, but not a form of life like us. I think we will never meet something like that but who knows after all but uh, yeah <laughs> actually i was listening to a song from a band, italian band called blue vertigo and it's altre forme di vita so other life forms and there is a line there very interesting because they say if we didn't see the fish would we be able to imagine it so that's why that can be other life species outside earth and just because we cannot imagine them doesn't mean that they are not true. And this is a good point to me. Yeah, I don't know, because there is also some interesting scientist study. I don't read all of them, but I read some of them. And some uh, studies say if there is other form of life in uh, space, why did we not meet them for now? Or there is a lot of proof. Uh, I will not make all the detail, but a lot of scientists prove that shows that it looks really difficult to think about other form of life now be due to the fact that if they reach the same 
technological level that uh, Earth, for example, normally it could be possible that have a kind of communication. But there is also some other studies that prove the total opposite. Yeah. So it's more, I think, like a, you know, fictional uh, area that everybody can put his own uh, mind on it. But I think it's also quite more comfortable or reassuring to think that we are not alone in this uh, without ending space. And uh, let's see if we find some uh, new friend. <laughs> But I hope it will not be like, you know, this uh, alien like in Mars Attack or something like that. <laughs> yeah, we prefer I the ones from Scary Movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that pee with the finger. <laughs> yeah, because almost all the humanity imagined uh, aliens is like, The, the dangerous ones that they will come they have the technology better than ours so we have to uh, fight only or on our human will against it or like there is this alien who goes on the ship and destroys all the crew except Sigourney Weaver and the cat with his like special this things that he have and he is not you can't kill him you can just throw him in outer space but I think that maybe if there is somebody, I've got this an idea that they just think that we are not developed enough to, to, to be meet. communicated with. Like we don't communicate and we don't do the diplomatic relationships with apes maybe on Earth. We don't put them in one other nation, give them country and like start to treat them as humans, which is, which is of course bad because I think you should uh, treat all the life on earth with respect but still we don't feel them as equals so maybe the aliens up there they're just watching and like oh my god it takes them so long to fly up <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, what's wrong with them yeah like we will need to sign a peace treaty and we our generations will die until they fly here <laughs> and be able to sign it <laughs> so maybe yes yeah maybe they don't want to go in this uh, planet <laughs> when we saw it from space maybe it's not so attractive <laughs> planet yeah maybe their planet is more beautiful say ah no no not this one yeah like you won't travel to some dangerous places yeah. on the earth and they like well no yeah. people are going to Australia so <laughs> uh, it's like the no-go zone of uh, space yeah or who knows maybe they are among us already but they just can take the image of human beings that is oh, true yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I uh, go back to science science fiction movie <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> we need special glasses to detect them <laughs> <laughs> so we I think looked through a lot of pros and cons today for people to maybe make up their mind or change their mind about exploring the space but I'm still standing on my point that We need to explore Earth also. Of course, there is this pro that says that space exploration helps us understand us and helps us to see us from the from the distance, from the other perspective. But also, I think we need to solve some practical issues. We need to explore Earth more to understand that we are not the only species on it. And we need yeah. to not only preserve human, human beings, but we also need to preserve other species because there are beautiful and they are valuable to the ecosystem and maybe for example we need to think more about how to save the bees because if humanity would disappear earth wouldn't feel it that much but if the bees disappear the plants won't be able to grow and humanity will feel it oh yeah, yeah. because no breath anymore yeah. no oxygen yeah. so bye bye us <laughs> no more rocket no more space exploration no so. more space <laughs> yeah so 
yes, the space exploration is valuable, but you we need to think of the way to modernize it so it won't hurt the Earth. It won't take a lot of a lot of these resources, and still we need to explore the Earth because we need to understand what is this round thing on which we live. Yeah, and also what is beneath us. Yes. Like, as you said, the ocean, which is really, really wide. There are a lot of things that we don't know because the more we go deep and the more we find out about other species, really ancient species also. Yes. Mm. Like from millions of years ago that are still living. And it's interesting actually to study how can a fish survive all these million years without dying. Yes, and mm. and another thing is that, of course, the climate is uh, depends on the space, on the sun, and so on. But also, the ocean is a big, big climate influencer because of the flows that go underneath it, and because of the also tsunamis. They can also influence the Earth and human uh, lives drastically. So we need to study how to, well, not prevent it because I don't think you can prevent the moving of the, the waves of the, <laughs> of the waves yeah but to minimize the problems yeah. of coming from it yeah totally because for me before to prepare this program i see space exploration you know like uh, same as some video game like civilization the highest and last level of uh, human civilization and you need to take part in it when you really succeed to improve and create a big and perfect society on Earth. But I also can understand this need to explore space. And when I prepare this program, I also discover some pros that I didn't think about it, or I didn't uh, suspect for space exploration. And I think it's stay a necessity for humanity. It's maybe a little bit poetic, but for me, I like this uh, idea of explore space and I think as a human we're still curious and uh, when we watch something we always watch uh, above us and there is this big space that we don't know and that we want to discover and uh, since the beginning of humanity I think human beings dream about space and continue to dream about it today and it's why for me it's still important to try to explore space but I also think that it's important to improve the way of exploring space and uh, think more about all this uh, pollution that uh, this space exploration can uh, generate or create. But I, uh, yeah, I really like this idea to discover more and more space. And at my eyes, space is a really beautiful area that we need to also try to preserve and uh, understand. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think after this thought, we are ready for landing. Yeah. <laughs> so guys, it was a nice journey with you in our space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we have to land to Musterhaus now. And here with you was Ricardo. Andre. And Tristan. Goodbye and Goodbye thank you. Goodbye and see you in the next lounge. Bye-bye. Point of view is our thoughts, feelings, opinions about actual issues. Point of view is the angle of considering different things. Point of view is freedom of speech and freedom of thought. Every Thursday from 10 till 12, we express our point of view on Mushtar FM.